Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Favorite F Word. I I got that right. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. I was like, what That's do right. I say? That's what we talk about. Friends. What do I say? That's yeah. our favorite F word. <laughs> um, my computer is like working very, very hard right now. So hopefully that cannot be heard in the background. I'm working hard too right now. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of like when you're on Zoom and it goes, your internet connection is unstable. Well, accurate. So yeah. am I add another instability to the list uh, anywho yes it's been a hot minute hello it has and I'm not mad about it honestly yeah we just need breaks and yeah. we took a break and we're like okay we're gonna get back to it and then we're like can we extend this break yes. and both of us were like yeah I was hoping you'd say that and Absolutely. we did that a few more times and now here we are however long ago it was yeah and also who knows when the next one will be after this? <laughs> oh, we're just yeah. being unpredictable. Yeah, we like that. We like a little bit of chaos. Yeah. Do we? Wait, what? Uh, well, according to Brandon, you know, like, okay, I don't know where this originally originated from, but like the dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons, like when you're creating your character, there's like a chart like of how um good you are like morally versus like how good you are ethically so there's like chaotic neutral lawful and there's like good neutral evil okay and so like on that chart you get to like choose where your character is so if they're like chaotic evil they're like a villain always like stirring shit up have no morals but Brandon says I'm chaotic good because I'm like morally very good but I do like a little bit of chaos and so I like to like push his buttons or just be like spicy now and then hilarious I've never played that game I mean neither have I but I've also used it or heard it used to like describe characters from like books and like place them I'm not really sure what that chart is called but I know it's used in Dungeons and Dragons yeah (laughs) yeah chaos I mean that explains life lately I feel like feel like you would be like neutral neutral just fucking no <laughs> feelings no well, that's emotions. not what it means fucking, yeah <laughs> yeah something like that anyways yeah. what are what are we talking about today oh yeah we didn't even say that okay so oh, we wanted to explore the maintenance phase we have talked about it a lot in previous podcasts and we talk about nutrition periodization and we talk about the difference between like what a deficit or like a diet phase would look like compared to like a building phase or a performance phase or whatever you want to call it and in the middle often lies a maintenance phase 
doesn't have to exist in the middle. It could operate fully on its own. But a maintenance phase, I think, is either misunderstood uh, or maybe hated by some people (laughs) Um, or just doesn't make sense for people because I think when we talk about a maintenance phase, which we'll get into in a lot more depth, it just doesn't feel that exciting. It feels Mm -hmm. like harder to make goals inside of. It feels less motivating for a lot of people, which is interesting because it's like should be easier and more fun. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But people take it and they're like, well, I'm having too much fun now. Yeah. It's you like know? that la land. Yeah. That's what you, you know? describe yeah. it as all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I like that definition. I feel like people can resonate with that. Yeah. I mean, um, I definitely can. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my gosh, I'm already forgetting what I was going to say. Oh, it's also very relevant right now because during the summer is when a lot of our clients at least are in a maintenance phase or a more maintenance like phase, um, because it's a more generally flexible time of the year. Um, so you'll, you'll hopefully be listening to this episode in the summer, depending on when we put it out. (laughs) (laughs) Who fucking knows? Um, I will say we're fast at putting them out. We're terrible at recording, but once it's recorded, we're like, yeah, I know. But I'm like, okay, now that we've recorded this one, maybe we record a few more so that we can like actually put some. Anywho, anywho, we're in a maintenance phase of the podcast right now. Just, just chugging along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it is relevant for individuals who are finding themselves in a more flexible season of their lives right now. Um, Whether or not you label it a maintenance phase or you track your macros, there'll be some takeaways for you today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually a good point. It's like, how often do we specifically call it a maintenance phase when with clients? Like sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's just a broad term for what we will describe. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what is a maintenance phase, what it is not, why it's important. And then we're going to give you some takeaways for making the most out of it. Yeah. And then I got into other stuff. Yeah. Rue. Who just okay. came in and she has a mouth, she has a cheese stick. She just had a mouthful of cheese that she dropped all over my freshly vacuumed floor. So there's love that. that. Love that. It's okay. I had an apple burp come up. So that worked. Again? Yeah. One day we'll do an episode about why burps happen and why Sarah is the burpiest <laughs> person I've ever met. Yeah. Chewing food is important. <laughs> Anyways, okay, back to the podcast. Um <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about what is a maintenance phase? I don't know. What is it? (laughs) I mean, it can mean various things, but generally when we talk about a maintenance phase, we're referring to a period of time spent at maintenance calories, which is a range of calories whereby if we're eating in that range, we're likely to not have any significant fluctuations in our body weight or composition. Um, so generally calories in equals calories out is what a maintenance phase looks like from like the calorie science standpoint of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you this, say? The, that like calorie range will also fluctuate throughout your life. Um, and it will be dependent on things like your activity level, your sport, <clears throat> your age, your muscle mass, all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. will influence it. So if you were like, well, my maintenance when I was 20 was this, I can just go right back into that. Mm, Probably unlikely. Mm -hmm. 
So for a little bit more in-depth discussion about like moving between phases, definitely go visit our nutrition periodization episode, which was one of the first episodes that we did, I think. Yeah. Um, back in one. season one. Yeah. Um, cause we're not going to go too much into that here, but basically this is a phase where, you know, our goal is not body composition focused. We're not working towards weight loss goals. We're probably working on other habits and stuff, but, um, that's not our main focus and yeah, it, it, it can include tracking or not, right? If we are tracking, we're hitting in that maintenance range. If we're not tracking, we're practicing a little bit more flexibility with our food intake and consuming more calories than we would in a quote unquote cut or fat loss phase. Mm. Yeah. To give some like idea of what that kind of flexibility could look like. Um, if I have clients who are still wanting to track macros, but they're in a maintenance phase that might look like, um, incorporating something like a free meal. This is not a cheat meal. This is not an excuse to like go super crazy because in an ideal world, like maintenance calories are not restrictive. Mm -hmm. You have enough room to be able to fit in the foods that you want. And yet we still want to be keeping an eye on things like total daily protein intake, fibers. So prioritizing whole foods, mindful eating, all of those same practices that we would want at any other phase, but it might mean like you can go out for dinner and don't necessarily have to worry that your calories or macros are matching. Maybe you incorporate like an alcoholic beverage every now and then maybe one day you kind of undereat and the next day you overeat, but things kind of like balance out in general. That's more so what we're talking about. Um, however, I also have clients who will like hit their maintenance macros per Perfectly every day. So it just kind of depends where you're at and what you're um, wanting to really get out of that phase. Mm -hmm. I think that leads nicely into what a maintenance phase is not. Okay. Because with this like flexibility and this kind of like la la situation, <laughs> a lot of times we can see in a maintenance phase, a pretty big departure from daily habits and routines that set us up for success. And that's definitely not what a maintenance phase is for, or not necessarily how to get the best out of your maintenance phase. Um, it's not a free for all. It's not a, you know, eat whatever, whenever with complete disregard for how you're feeling for the goals that you do have the goals that you were previously working towards, et cetera. Um, it's, yeah, that's not what we want for most people in a maintenance phase. What else is it not? Well, I mean, I think what we see with clients and have to kind of work through or encourage them through in a maintenance phase is that it feels mm, not exciting. It shouldn't be a time where you're like, hating what you're doing either. Um, generally we would love to see like focusing on biofeedback and other things. So it's, it's not a time where you don't have to have goals or you kind of just like, um, like Sarah said, abort all of like the habits that you've been working on. Um, there are still lots of things to work on and it may still feel like work sometimes. So it's not, Lord, I'm trying to describe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, anyways, so to kind of like flip that, I guess it is still a time where we encourage goals 
and we encourage like specific habits and things to be working on mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it's actually really, really great time to work on those other things. Like Nicholas said around like your, your shreds and your biofeedback and stuff, because when we have more flexibility, it gives us a little bit more room and capacity to kind of like play around with things and really see what works so that when it does come time to, if we decide pursue like a calorie deficit or pursue more specific training goals or something, we have those routines and habits set in place. Mm -hmm. Um, but we've been able to do so in a situation where pressure is a bit lower, you know, stress is probably a bit lower and we're not having to be so rigid. So like we said, it's not a complete abandonment from routines. It's a chance to practice those with some more flexibility and hopefully have some fun while we're at it. Mm -hmm. And for people who want to be going into something like a diet phase in the future, not only would I recommend doing a maintenance phase first, um, but I think it's sometimes the most beneficial thing you can do when you are either like new to something, um, especially like tracking macros or working on your nutrition in general, focusing on like getting a good practice of meal prep down, working on like, what does it feel like to track your food? What does it look like to be consistent and just kind of playing with things and experimenting when the stakes are like, quote unquote, less high. Absolutely. Um, so when we look at a maintenance phase, let's talk really quickly about why it's important. So why should we, especially, especially if you are someone who does have body composition goals, um, or who has dieted a lot, um, or if you're like a yo-yo dieter, um, why is a maintenance phase important? Okay. So we can look at this from a lot of ways. Um, one of the ways I like to talk about it is like, it's a mental kind of break from the kind of like mental strain or energy it takes to be so concise, consistent, accurate with your food intake, with saying no to things, with being mindful at all times of like what you're eating, how you're expending energy and that kind of stuff. So I think for a lot of people, it takes that mental pressure off and gives us time to breathe, so to speak, um, and can reduce a lot of stress, which is very important for us long-term. I think in that regard, it's also important to recognize that like one could live happily in maintenance for their whole life. There's never a need to go into a surplus if you don't want to, or on the flip side, a deficit, if you don't want to either. Mm -hmm. Um, and so building like healthy habits in a maintenance phase, um, can support, I mean, everybody in general, not just those who are looking to make body composition changes. Mm -hmm. We talk often about how like maintenance itself and being able to maintain your habits and your routines and consistent intake that works for you is progress in itself. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and a lot of people struggle with that. And we see that lots in yo-yo dieting where we have that restrict and kind of like quote unquote binge cycle happening. And there's no real maintenance in there, right? It's the swing from one end of the spectrum to the other. So being able to exist in that maintenance phase, um, and find your groove there and really feel good and confident in your decisions and the behaviors that you're carrying out is, absolutely something that everyone can benefit from Mm -hmm. for sure. And then on the flip side of things we have from like a metabolic standpoint, again, this is more in the context of looking at individuals who pursue strategic dieting or calorie deficits, but maintenance phases are important for 
giving our body a chance to, let's say, recover from the outcomes that occur when we stay in a calorie deficit for too long. So this process of metabolic adaptation that occurs, which is basically our body learning how to function on fewer calories when we're in a prolonged calorie deficit. And it does so by down-regulating lots of the mechanisms that are crucial, not, well, not, I guess, crucial, but very important for our overall health and well-being. Um, so things like our menstrual function, our insulin sensitivity, our cortisol adaptations, all of those types of things are affected by long-term calorie deficits. So a maintenance phase allows us a period of time where our body is recovering. It is working to upregulate and get all those systems functioning optimally so that we can feel and perform our best. So not only is like a diet stressful on the mental side, it's also a stress physically on our body. And so moving out of that diet relieves the stress um, and strain of trying to operate at full capacity on fewer calories. So we get the best of both worlds with a mental and physical break in a maintenance phase. Absolutely. Okay. So that's kind of what it is, what it's not, why it's important. So What are some things that our audience can consider during their own maintenance phases? Some kind of takeaway tips for making the most of it. I think from, this is very based on like my own personal experiences in a maintenance phase. Yes. I have a question. Are you in a maintenance phase right now? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is very helpful to me to have specific goals inside of a maintenance phase so that I don't notice myself getting mm, lazy. Right. It's usually not me going overboard in any one direction. It's me getting lazy with my habits, which is really interesting because like, why wouldn't I keep up with the habits that make me the happiest and the healthiest at all times? It's a lot easier for myself and what I notice with a lot of clients to like take these habits more seriously when we're trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And like, that's very strange. Um, so for me, I like to set specific goals for myself with nutrition. So like, maybe that's like, you know, doing a solid meal prep still every week, even though I could in maintenance get away with not prepping, still really helpful for me to do that takes pressure off really enjoyable. Um, or things like still getting to the gym, a certain amount of time, still focusing on training and setting specific training goals is really helpful to me. Um, but I also want to take this time to like, be like, I'm going to sleep hard. So I want to focus on my sleep and get really good at that habit. Or I want to take up a new hobby. I'm going to start rollerblading, you know, things like that may be in a specific deficit. I wouldn't want to be doing that much cardio or, you know, in a surplus, like maybe I would be spending way more time training and things like that. So while I have more time, I want to make the most of my time in different ways. So both goals inside the maintenance phase, specifically on training and nutrition, and then outside as well. Right. Yeah. Having some of those other goals can be so, so supportive to helping like keep a sense of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Um, but also just like feeling a sense of purpose, because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us with the maintenance phase, 
especially when it comes to like our nutrition and especially when we've been programmed to think that like these habits, the only means to the end that they are providing is changing our body composition. And if we know that we're in a phase where our body composition isn't going to change, then what's the point, right? I think a lot of us can fall into that. So those goals, like Nicholas said, both inside of our nutrition and fitness stuff and outside of it can help direct some purpose and kind of feel a little bit more excited about doing those tasks that are maybe a little bit more mundane, um, like meal prep and those types of things that we know help us feel good. Mm -hmm. Sure. I love that one. Um, I would also say if we're talking about it in terms of like goals, recognizing that if we are pursuing weight loss or body composition changes, maintenance will be part of that process at some point, whether you're starting there, putting it in after a diet phase or what have you, depending on your personal situation. So being able to recognize the long-term goal that very well could be weight loss, body composition change. Um, and that this is part of that goal. So how can you make the most of this part of that longer process? Cause I think it's very easy to get disconnected from the end goal when you're in the period that's not as exciting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is also a really great time to play around with different types of foods. Um, so trying different types of foods, being a little bit more flexible with your meal prep, whether that looks like trying different strategies around meal prep, you know, doing food prep versus actual meal prep. Um, maybe just prepping your lunches for the day and being more flexible with dinners, those types of things. Um, mentally it gives you a nice variety. Um, and then also again, you're exploring that habit of meal prep in a more flexible way and perhaps uncovering like a way that actually might work better for you when you go into your next diet phase. Mm -hmm. Or finding new recipes that you really enjoy. Cause I think being in a deficit too, we can get very stuck eating the same foods yeah. and get really, really bored to the point where those kind of foods are unappetizing. So if you can grow your kind of food repertoire or recipe repertoire, when the stakes are lower, then you know how to like adjust those recipes for when you are in a cut. Mm -hmm. Another good thing to think about during a maintenance phase is, um, prioritizing some training goals, um, with added calories, you're going to have more capacity in the gym. So if training is something that's important to you, this is a great time to work towards certain strength goals or certain performance-based goals, um, because you have extra fuel to support those. Um, I know for me, when I'm in a maintenance phase, I'm definitely quote unquote guilty of falling into that, like la la land, um, and I can get really disconnected from the bigger picture. So for me, really honing in on my training and making sure I'm getting in there, I'm doing the work that I need to do, um, really helps me feel grounded throughout a more chaotic phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an important one too. And I think um, again, with people who are wanting to look leaner, ultimately building more muscle mass is really important. And while if we were doing like a very specific body composition change, we might want to move even into a surplus. Those can be scary for people. So maybe if not best for muscle building maintenance phase is maybe like 
second best. Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to go into a surplus at the very least sit at maintenance for a decent, decent period of time and focus on building the muscle there because it's going to come way easier in a maintenance phase than it will in a deficit. Absolutely. 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 So yeah, prioritizing that strength training piece, continuing to keep your protein intake high and, um, really kind of maximizing the gains there. Gains, 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 baby. Um, a few others, if you are someone who has been religiously tracking macros, this might be a great time to put the skills that you have acquired through the process of macro tracking into use and start dabbling with complete days off tracking where you're still mindfully eating. You are assessing your plates, looking at the portion size, you know, do I have a protein on my plate? Do I have a carb on my plate? Is there fat? Are there veggies? Tuning into your hunger cues, recognizing what foods sit really well or feel the best for like, say a pre-workout versus what foods maybe cause some bloating or indigestion. What is the meal timing that works really well for you? Looking at those things that you should be learning through the process of like active macro tracking without again, that pressure to like hit the macros dead on because you don't need to be as accurate when you're working in that range of maintenance calories. Absolutely. That's another podcast episode. You could go back and visit um, the active versus passive one. I think maintenance phase is a great time to kind of lean into that. And whether you decide to track in your maintenance phase or not, um, there's a whole bunch of flexibility that can come inside that. Um, so remember that you have those options too, if you want to just track protein and calories, or if you maybe want to just track a few times a week or, you know, have those free meals built in there. There's a lot of that flexibility to play around there as well. And kind of last point we put here. I mean, (laughs) not to like pump our own tires here, but having a coach in a maintenance phase is really, really helpful. But I think it's probably the last kind of like point for people to be like, oh, I need a coach right now Mm -hmm. Um, because things are a little less stakes, like lower stakes. I think people are less inclined um, to reach out for support, but I think it's really, really helpful to have someone kind of in your world, helping you through that, you know, guiding you out of any la la or lazy kind of states and encouraging you to explore. Um, and why not explore when you have like the safety net of a coach to kind of like help you navigate the obstacles that will still come up. Um, and I think it's also really helpful. So you can kind of grasp where your expectations are and have someone to chat through that with. Um, because one of the things I don't actually think we mentioned, but when it comes to what a maintenance phase is not, is it's not a time where you should be expecting the scale to go down. And I think that is a misconception that, you know, just because you're still working on all of these habits um, from nutrition and maybe tracking or working out, increasing your daily movement, things like that, that doesn't mean the scale is going to go down. And if you're in a true maintenance, it won't. Um, So having a coach there to help you like get reminded about what else you're trying to work on can be very helpful because I will say firsthand, it can be hard to be like, cool, scales the same today. Cool. Scales the same today over and over and over again. If you are coming from a background where you were always actively working towards decreasing that number. Yeah, absolutely. I think both of us would agree that working with clients through maintenance is like one of the funnest things to do 
in like the coaching relationship, especially if we've been with that client through a dieting phase as well, um, or we're preparing for a dieting phase, right? Like it's, it's so cool to see how the habits transfer over and how the mindset transfers over and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, it's definitely a great time to have some support and just have someone to help you see the bigger picture when you're stuck in that la la place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To talk you down off the ledge, to <laughs> remind you why we need to stay in maintenance phase for longer than a week. Um, even though we might feel a little bit of like weird body image stuff going on and wanting to hop right back into a diet, like it's so, so valuable for sure. Yeah. Especially like long-term, you don't yeah. see many like 80 year olds pumping a calorie deficit, right? Like they're living in <laughs> maintenance. So yeah. it's, it's a great idea to have those skills and define like what health is for you in a maintenance phase. And what do you want to be able to accomplish in your day-to-day? How do you want to feel all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's it. Anything yeah. else you want to add? I don't think so. No. Okay. So yeah, hopefully you got some good takeaways. And if you are in a maintenance phase right now, um, think about some of those things. And if you want to chat at all, um, our gram messages are always open. Um, you can pop on in there and we do have some coaching spots available as well. Um, so if you're interested in having that one-on-one support, you can fill out the application. I'll link it in the show notes. Cool. We got a fuck yes and a fuck no. Okay. Since I'm in maintenance, I've revisited my love of chicken fingers. Chicken Chicken fingers fingers in an air fryer. Fuck yes. Like, do you make the chicken fingers yourself or you buy chicken fingers? Both. Like frozen? Okay. Both. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they check my nostalgia box. Yeah. They check my like wholesome box yeah and when I was sick with COVID my appetite just like dropped and everything that I had meal prepped was like so unappetizing but for whatever reason smoothies and chicken fingers were it amazing so I've been eating those a lot and they are spectacular what do you dip them in plum sauce plum sauce okay very basic yeah what do you dip them in I like honey mustard. Oh, yeah, I yeah. never buy that though. So it's like never in the house. And I'm yeah, not just going to go buy like a chicken finger honey mustard. Well, you can mix honey and mustard. Well, I never have mustard in the house. Oh, not a big mustard person. No, that's too bad. No, I no, love no. all kinds of mustard. Yeah. <sighs> I'm actually um, allergic to lots of mustards, which is weird. Oh, interesting. Like the grainy ones, they make my throat yeah. close up. Oh, I love them. Danger. Um, that reminded me of when I used to work at Moxie's. I, I love used to get... <laughs> it was funny because on the radio the other day they were like what's a recurring nightmare that you have and I wanted to like text in Serving but also I yeah I also make fun of everyone who texts the radio but <laughs> but um I wanted to be like a moxie mare like those yeah. were the worst but anyways when I used to work at moxie's I used to get chicken strips or chicken fingers with like the Thai sweet chili sauce on them oh that's also good and then I would put it on like the house salad oh yeah they had like a really good house salad yeah it was so fucking good I may be having that this week yeah from like homemade yeah 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 
Okay. Interesting. 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 That sounds really good. Actually. Now I want chicken fingers. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I was in like, I had a couple good weeks of like meal prep where, cause I've been trying to focus more on food quality, Mm -hmm. um, as a habit that I'm trying to build in my maintenance phase, even though there's more flexibility there. Um, just because like digestive wise, it makes me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a serious sourdough addiction that I need to like hone in on because I'm having like fucking, I literally had five slices of sourdough yesterday. I see no (laughs) problems with that. I mean, yeah, you might need some fiber in there, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, where was I going with this? I'm focusing on food quality. Oh, I had a couple good weeks, of (laughs) really good meal prep where I like made some like really fun, high quality meals. And I wasn't like needing like protein bars or like Greek yogurt and stuff to supplement. And, um, then fucking every weekend we've had something. And so now I'm like in back in the routine of, okay, it's going to be ground Turkey and some bagged salads. And I'm just so sick of it. Yeah. Oh, ground turkey was one of the foods that I couldn't eat when I was sick. And now just the thought of it, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. No. Also been really into making like a homemade frosty, like a Wendy's frosty. Oh, how do you do that? Well, my friend gave me like 50 bananas long story but he gave me a box of bananas and I was like cool I can't there's no possible way for me to go all go through all of them so I ended up like chopping them up and freezing them yeah then I was like what the fuck do I do with these so I've been making a chocolate smoothie like chocolate milkshake with a fuck ton of ice lots of frozen banana a massive scoop of chocolate protein powder splash vanilla almond milk and peanut butter and it is incredible and you make it so it's like so thick like a frosty like yeah 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 yeah. that's so good yum yum yeah depending on how much protein you put in there like I'm getting like 40 grams 50 grams of protein so you could put greek yogurt in there too I could but I eat greek yogurt on my oatmeal and I don't want to eat that much dairy okay so remember when you told me about your overnight oats sitch Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've seen it all over reels now what yeah yeah like the you make overnight oats with protein that's cute <laughs> um and then you put on greek yogurt and fruit and, granola. and more granola what yeah people are doing the granola topping wow yeah yeah wow 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 so i put it on because i need a real crunch yeah you should make a reel about it yeah yeah my dying words i should have made the real <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i made a bunch of reels today yeah, well, we can't all be winners. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, okay. um, my fuck no was actually, I think there was probably a lot of fuck yeses and no's mixed in there, but mine was, and it's funny because I know I do this to other people, but mm-hmm. when people take my stuff and move it, AKA Brad, <laughs> when he takes my shit, like today we went to podcast and my podcast mic was missing. And I was like, what the fuck? And I went downstairs to his office and couldn't find it and then looked better. And it was like on the floor, like all fucked up. Like he had to put it in his backpack and then just like thrown it on the ground. And I was like, excuse me. This is strange behavior. I can't say that I relate to that. Oh, or he'll like take my phone charger 
downstairs or like today he used my coffee mug and I'm just like it's mine but like the stuff's ours I feel like there's some like things to work out (laughs) in therapy there I know I know I started seeing a new therapist so maybe I'll chat with her about it tomorrow (sighs) okay yeah I'm noticing I'm very possessive of my personal (laughs) belongings and she'll be like have you set any boundaries around that and he'll be like no yeah like okay that's your homework yeah yeah I don't know it'll be interesting to see how it goes with her I just had the one session where you like tell her all your terrible stories yeah, exactly for an yeah, hour and a half love emotion on that My, yeah looking a little itchy yeah yeah um okay. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll go back to therapy too. I took a little hiatus. Yeah. But now I'm reading about it in my textbook about all the different kinds of therapy. There's some fucked up therapeutic practices out there. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Some very interesting ones. And we're going to make an episode about this, but this idea of like evidence based and what it means right. versus like what we practice and application. Yeah. And there are a lot of examples in the therapy world of this. So like, for example, there is little or no empirical evidence that like dream interpretation works. Right. However, on like an individual basis, there are people who will seek out therapists who will help them interpret their dreams and will, you know, give testimony that they have completely transformed their life based Mm -hmm. on like what they've discovered about themselves and their dreams so very interesting shit in terms of like what science tells us and versus like what application can do yeah absolutely very very interesting so many different like topics around that Mm -hmm. show yeah anywho okay food for thought well high five because we made a podcast episode (laughs) we did it that was a good high five and yeah it was if we were in person it would have made that right yeah yeah we're gonna get to high five next weekend if i go don't even (laughs) well if brandon's away and doesn't go i'm not very likely to go without him okay well jen and i are both gonna be very upset about that so i'm not jen's not allowed to listen to this podcast (laughs) yeah good luck she's like her one listener anyway shout out to jen yeah um, and Jen, I will help you tag team Nicola if Woo! she doesn't come. <laughs> that sounded really bad. I meant punish oh. her. Also not ideal, but anyways, go okay. to therapy already. <laughs> this is getting rambly. So we're going to wrap it up. Okay, bye. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you when we see you. Who does it, Natalie? Bye. Bye. Thank you.